Welcome to ESCO's podcast. This is a place where ESCO members can hear the latest updates on what's happening in Washington, D.C. on the policy matters that impact the ESOP community. Now, here's ESCO's president and executive director, Stephanie Silverman. Hi, this is Stephanie Silverman with the ESCA team in Washington, and your podcast for today is brought to you by the letter R. Today's R podcast is about congressional retirements and resignations. Um, we want to talk about congressional retirements and resignations because it changes the dynamic and the flow of who's in Congress. Um, the more members of Congress who retire or resign, um, the, the less institutional knowledge you have on key committees. And we're seeing a lot of retirements and resignations at this uh, an important midterm year, um, which could be significant because there is so much follow-on work to be done next year and going forward on tax reform and on retirement security policy. So a few things we just want to point out for you. Um, on average, uh, in the post-World War II era, we see about 37 members of the House of Representatives retiring every Congress, saying that they just don't want to uh, run again, that they are you know, giving up after having a, a long and illustrious career, or they want to run for a higher office. Right now, at uh, the end of January 2018, before we are likely to see a peak in the total number of retirements for the 2018 congressional cycle, we have already seen 56 House members announce their retirements, which is about 50% higher than the average at this time. It is true that during midterms, um, there are slightly more uh, congressional retirements and House retirements in particular, but that's a significant increase. And of course, it's due um, to a number of factors. So what's causing these congressional members to retire or to resign? Um, some of it is due to their own resignation, um, the sense among many of them, especially centrists who are not appreciating the increasing polarization on Capitol Hill, um, they seem to just want to be done with Congress. And we see that in members of Congress like Congressman Pat Tiberi, who is leaving Congress this month, um, going back home even before his term is completed, uh, because his sense was that Centrists and establishment Republicans were having a very difficult time advancing thoughtful policy in a polarized congressional uh, environment. On the other hand, we're seeing retirements happen from members of Congress, especially Republicans, who are um, aging out of their seats. Um, committee chairs who are term limited in the Republican Party, uh, they're given only six years to sit on the top of the dais on any particular committee. Once they're done chairing a committee, Many of them don't want to stay on because there is no equivalent position for them. And so a number of committee chairs are retiring. Um, some of them are retiring um, because they're resigning uh, with some um, you know, uh, unfortunate circumstances surrounding them. And some of them are retiring because, as I said, they're running for higher office. Among the 56 House members who have announced their retirements, um, there are 16 Democrats and 40 Republicans. And take what you will from that. Um, there's certainly plenty of talk about whether or not Republicans are vulnerable in the 2018 election to losing their, um, their power and their control over the House. It will take 24 Democrat elections um, uh, filling formerly Republican seats to flip the House from Republican to Democrat control. 
but we also know that um, the odds of that happening are not certain by any long shot, and it's very, very early in the election season. We're going to be waiting to see what happens in March. March is a month where many um, uh, applications have to be submitted uh, to uh, to announce a bid to run for office. And if a congressional member or candidate does not submit their filings uh, in March, that means that they're effectively not running. So we'll see the number top out in March sometime. Um, we will, though, expect a lot of retirements to trigger changes on the Ways and Means Committee. Eight committee Republicans have announced that they are not coming back in 2019. And so a changeover of a third of the committee Republicans means a real change in institutional policy views and knowledge. Um, staffers are likely to stay. For the most part, staffers of retiring members um, look for jobs in other congressional offices, but a lot of them also leave the Hill. Um, and some of them may go into the administration. Um, but uh, the eight retiring uh, committee Republicans for the Ways and Means Committee are Jim Renacy, who's running for governor of Ohio, Christy Nome, who's running for governor of South Dakota, Diane Black, who's running for governor of Tennessee, and then five others who are just plain old retiring, Lynn Jenkins uh, of Kansas, Sam Johnson of Texas, Dave Reichert of Washington, a critical ally of ESCA, Pat Tiberi of Ohio, who I already mentioned is leaving early, and Pat Meehan of Pennsylvania, who is the last of the Republicans um, on the Ways and Means Committee to announce that he will not be running again. And his announcement was triggered by some unfortunate and somewhat scandalous news from Washington involving allegations of uh, misconduct in his office. So unfortunately, all of that means that we'll be losing a lot of longtime champions and we'll be needing to focus on building up a new knowledge base. Um, there are also, of course, a lot of tough re-election campaigns. We've talked about that in former podcasts. Um, so there could be even greater change on the, on the Ways and Means Committee. In the Senate, we're also seeing retirements. It's slower there. Of course, there are fewer members of the Senate, but pro proportionally fewer senators are announcing their retirements right now. Um, why is that? Mostly it's because it is Democrats who are disproportionately up for re-election in the Senate. Um, more than two-thirds of the open Senate seats or the Senate seats that are up in 2018 are occupied by Democrats, and they are not retiring en masse. Um, whereas we have seen three Republican senators, Senator Bob Corker of Tennessee, Senator Flake of Arizona, Senator Hatch, the chairman of the Senate Finance Committee, um, and perhaps the longest-serving um, Republican currently in the Senate mm -hmm. um, uh, of Utah, has announced that they were retiring. And of course, um, Senator Sessions uh, has given way to um, a new senator from Alabama, um, Doug Jones, but he left to take a, a position in the uh, Trump administration. One can speculate how long he'll be in that position. That's really not the subject of today's podcast. Um, of course, many of us saw that one Democrat has also resigned, so that leaves five open seats more than we had before in the Senate. Will we see massive turnover in the Senate? The odds are not currently playing out for massive turnover, um, but some important institutional voices and minds are likely to, uh, to leave us with those members. And a lot of them, um, especially Senators Corker and Senator Flake, are considered centrists and dealmakers. Um, so will that dynamic change in 2019? We're not entirely sure. Um, one of the things I think we talked about on our last podcast that we want to remind you of is that the um, spending chaos 
um, in Washington never really goes away. Um, and Noel Lundberg reminds us that the R for that is rerun. Um, we are seeing a rerun of the last uh, spending showdown occur right now. It's January 31st, as you'll recall. Um, the last time we talked about this, the Congress was on the verge of a possible shutdown. That happened for about five minutes um, when uh, Senate negotiations broke down over a short-term spending package. Questions about whether or not Senator Schumer, who um, led the Democrats into the shutdown fight, uh, blinked a little bit too early and allowed for the government to reopen without getting very many concessions. Those questions still uh, are circulating and, and really cloud the um, larger question of whether Schumer and the Democrats will have the kind of leverage that they want going into this next round of, uh, of spending discussions. We um, are currently up against a February 8th deadline. That's when the current government funding will run out. Um, that's perilously close to uh, sometime in late February, early March, when we are likely to hit the debt ceiling. So how much time our government is going to spend using up the clock on discussions over the next spending bill and the shutdown um, is certainly a question mark, but we think it's going to be a huge time suck and not let a lot of other things get done in the uh, late part of the first quarter this year. Um, we think that the, what's worth watching is whether or not um, there will be some sort of deal on immigration. Interesting commentary from the president last night really planting a flag very firmly um, on the administration's views about immigration and reinforcing some of the polarization between Democrats and Republicans, unlikely to prompt a short-term deal in the views of most. Um, and whether that gets in the way of continuing spending um, at a thoughtful and planful rate in Washington is a real question mark. Most of us believe that the government will continue to get funded in short-term buckets um, for the better part of the next few months, potentially until even as long as the fiscal year comes to an end. Um, and that would be um, yet another um, sign of dysfunction um, for Washington, which is um, not something new, another rerun perhaps. Um, so uh, that's what we have uh, in terms of the letter R, a lot of retirements and resignations, a little bit of a rerun on the budget showdown, lots of fun coming in the spring once we get past this next budget hurdle and real questions uh, remaining about who's going to resign next. This is your Washington Podcast. Hope you enjoyed today's podcast. For those of you who are attending the ESCO Leadership Summit in Florida from February 21st to February 23rd, we will have a webinar to go over what to expect during this year's Leadership Summit on February 8th at noon Eastern time. You should have received a member's update about that. And just as a reminder, it's not too late to register for the ESCO Leadership Summit. If you would like to register, please visit ESCO's website at esca.us.